Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crib Creepers, the podcast where we marry and bury the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and this moldering bastard next to me is my brother, Thomas Johnston. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> moldering bastard? Yeah. Old moldy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, from Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, you know. Oh, man. Old moldy bastard would be great if they... If they got uh, together and did, like, a Halloween <laughs> like a Halloween no, novelty exactly. act? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, right. Like, like, if the... If the different, uh, if the, like, the pseudonym um, identities needed just another layer of unreality and all became spooky Halloween versions. Yeah, yeah, like, if it was, like, David I'm F. Halloween. Pumpkins. Right, Halloween Rizza, Halloween, Halloween, Halloween Rikon, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Inspect a deck, but spooky. So, Thomas... Yes, Mary. Democracy is saved. Oh, uh, really? Eh, eh. I, 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 I was unaware. W- what happened? Did something important happen? Oh man, that's even worse. I will. I you somehow you, you trumped me. You topped me. <laughs> Wait, I trumped you. Don't you? You, you trumped keep me that. and dumped me. You keep. You keep. You keep the president's name out of your mouth. <laughs> your damn mouth. Um, yeah. Election. I do feel relieved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. Now the now the hard work begins. Now it's our job to reform and split the party after it after it's won, which is you know like taking apart an engine while it's running, which certainly will be easy to do because it wasn't as if we and won happens, by the skin of our teeth. And, and happens anyway. all and happens all the time and is a normal thing. Yep, yep. But you know what no. I'm really excited about? The president what? has a dog again. <laughs> I think so. Wait, he does? does? Yeah. He actually has two dogs. He has a dog named Champ and a dog named Major, and they are both German Shepherds, which you know what that means. Do you know fash, what that means? Fat, uh, isn't the German Shepherd the most fash kind of dog you can have? Well, that is what I was hoping you were going to say, but I was going to say, no, this means that Joe Biden has a type, and if either of these dogs were to die, he would go out and buy a dog that looked exactly like them, like a serial killer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would they get promotions? Would it then be like Colonel the dog? <laughs> Brigadier yep. General the dog? Yep, yep, yep. I think so. Battlefield Lieutenant for you. my dog! Boo, 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 Tom Hanks directed this episode. You can't even tell. You um, can't even tell. So we're talking today about none but the lonely hearts. You know, let's mix it up, Thomas. <laughs> let none me lo- let me tell you what the synopsis of this is, and then sure. you can tell us about the talent. <laughs> T- tell me about this episode. I tell me the synopsis for an episode I've already watched. Sing singer of songs. <laughs> Sing one for me. I, I will weave you a dream. And the microphone smells like a beer. Yeah. Um, I think that I think the microphone smelled like a bit more than a beer for whoever wrote this episode. Um, 
Howard is a smooth-talking conman who beds, weds, and deads his December-rich brides for profit. His partner says, get out while you're ahead. But Howard insists on <laughs> one last round. Little does he know, he's not the only person tallying his points, let alone his whacker. And those people have a score to settle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so pleased. Oh, man. I'm so pleased you're so entertained by my description. You know, this episode is no, not no, very nothing, good. No, nothing can make me laugh like a tallywhacker. <laughs> tallywhacker joke. Um, I did work hard on the synopsis because I was like, what a stinkeroo. What am I going to yeah. say? Be it's, like, it's, well, it's, this is the most boring, boring um, himbo episode we've seen to date. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's but, it, it's weird it's weird to come back from the spinoff and be like well it's nice to be back in the saddle again and to watch what is one of the least entertaining tales from the crypt episodes I've ever watched yeah especially since we were at like we had like the gall to be like well sometimes the storytelling on this is not very good and now we're back to this and we're like oh <laughs> here hold my beer yeah oh, no so who's responsible for this catastrophe. Well, the director of this episode is uh, one Mr. Tom Hanks. Tomaford uh, Hanks? Believe, yes, I believe he is America's dad. <laughs> America's sweetheart, America's dad, America's first America's invitation. Jimmy Dugan. No, so this is a directorial debut. Um, this episode came out in ni- 1992. This is the same year that he was Jimmy Dugan in A League of Their Own. So this places it firmly between... Uh, like Joe, the, Joe versus the volcano, and Forrest Gump. So to just give you an idea of sort of where Tom Hanks is in the Hollywood firmament. Um, this, so he's just made episode, he's just made a perfect thing. So now he's going to make something that's kind of not very good. Right, 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 right. Gotcha. So it's also uh, we we will revisit him because surprise, surprise, Tom Hanks gets a little surprise cameo in this. And uh, kind of, except I feel like before I watched this episode, I knew that Tom Hanks directed it, and it's like, <laughs> keep your eye open for a for a wink, and you miss blink, and you miss it. Tom Hanks came. I'm like, he gets like two whole scenes, and like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he gets like speak. lines of dialogue. Yeah, like <laughs> he is like he is like a C a C level participant in this episode. At yeah. least, like what? Yeah, <laughs> Mister Mister David Pumpkins is in this episode. Yeah, don't rip your eyes from the screen. You might miss Tom Hanks when he's on it for fifteen minutes. When he is killed by a television set. Now, okay, so this was written by Terry Black, who was writing under the pseudonym Donald Longtooth. Oh Jesus! Um, this guy is sort of up and down, I think, in our in our esteem here, since he uh, he did dig that cat. Corman's Calamity, Reluctant Vampire. So by my count, he's sort of two for three. By your count, he's probably like one, one neutral, one bad for three. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this one, and then he has something coming up called Beauty Rest, which has the uh, distinction of being a Tales from the Crypt episode that I vividly remember watching as a child. Is Beauty Rest um, the one with the, the the beauty pageant at the end? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I vividly remember this episode as well. <laughs> Traumatizing children who are watching Tales from the Crypt on the sly since whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so I think this is this is another tally in the whacker column. No, this is another tally on the bad side of things. Joining Corman's calamity, but like it's really it's really weird. Um, I don't 
I don't think any of these episodes feel like they would be written by the same person. No, it's it's just like kind of like it's it's almost as if Terry Black was just like I'm gonna go to lunch, intern, write these. Yeah. And maybe it's just sort of like we have this aut- this auteurist idea of how this works, and not that like they were like, look, we got we got this comic book. You need to write a screenplay and adapt it. And he's like, got it, boss. You know. Yeah. Anyway, treat the 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 improbably named Treat <laughs> Williams is Howard Prince. Um, oh, it sounds like he'd have a very different type of career. And I feel yet, like I, I kind of feel like Treat Williams like got it was sort of a running joke on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. He's like one of these people who I sort of am aware of being an iconic like eighties and nineties actor. But then when I dig into his body of work, I'm like, I haven't seen any of these movies. But he I, he was in Once Upon a Time in America. He's the Jimmy Hoffa style character. Um, he was Xander Drax, the bad guy in the in the Phantom, which. I feel like with our love of all things Billy Zane, we will eventually watch for this show. And oh, one of <laughs> I will with pleasure watch that. Yeah, no, no, no. I love it, 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 the Phantom, which is mostly just Billy Zane making faces like, "Can you believe it? I'm in this movie. Can you believe it?" <laughs> he's like, "I'm." He's like, "I'm an unkillable man, yet I still carry a gun." Yeah, well, you know, the ghost who walks. Um, and carry true, and straps <laughs> iron like it's just such a weird element. Treat Williams, one of his first uh, fil- film roles was to be an unnamed, uncredited Echo-based trooper in Empire Strikes Back. Oh! And then, uh, entering the part where I just read you things from uh, IMDb, um, are you interested in the name Treat Williams, mm-hmm. the nickname Treat comes from one of Christian his name? maternal relatives, though not a direct ancestor, Robert Treat Payne, whose signature appears on the Declaration of Independence. Through his mother, Treat is also the great-great-great-grandson of William Henry Barnum, a Democratic U.S. Senator from Connecticut who served from 1876 to 1879. So what I'm saying is... And ran a hell of a circus. That's right. If we want to talk about people who are saving democracy, we can thank Treat, Treat Williams. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea that there's a man named William Treat Payne who is the signature of the Declaration of Independence. That that is pretty <laughs> Treat Payne. That is pretty funny. Treat Payne. I, I also Treat Payne. I, I also really I love the idea that never in a million years would I picture this man being named Tree Williams. Tree Williams sounds like somebody who would star in a community production of Steel Magnolias. Yeah, or or be like a, like beloved old vaudevillian Tree Williams. <laughs> sure. You know, back when like back when like men had names like 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 Precious and you know fragrance. Foster. <laughs> Fragrance. <Yeah. laughs> Moving on, Francis. Um, Sternhagen fragrance. <laughs> fragrance Sternhagen is Effie Gluckman. Um, she's a broad. She 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 was a Broadway Broadway actress, a Tony Award winner. Um, she was uh, in Outland, the the um, uh, that movie that came out in the early '80s about the miners in space that has. Um, Sean Connery as the like Marshall or whatever. Have you seen this? Oh. It's a great, it's a great weird sci-fi movie. Um, she also Sean played Connery, Cliff's R.I.P. Right. She also played Cliff's mom in Cheers. She was Noah Wiley's character's grandma in ER. She was in Misery, but of course was not you know 
uh, was not the main character, and she Misery was in my favorite. Is what right. I feel. <laughs> break your legs and make you finish the story um <laughs> she was also in my favorite Stephen king adaptation the mist um but she also oh, yeah. when we're talking about political savers of democracy she and her imdb is listed as a lifelong democrat and she had six children with her husband and she says a quote that says if i didn't have my family I would be so lonely. The theater and acting are so artificial that I would go crazy if that's all that I had. <laughs> Francis. Oh, no. no, Francis rules. That's so odd. Right. Like, I mean, that is how, often, awesome. how yeah. often I mean, I, I, I'm not an actor, so who knows? But how often do you read these things about like these weird actors with like, you know, they're like the stage a, a bunch of, is a, my home. A bunch, yes. of, a bunch of estranged children. Yeah, right. And they're like, I'm, I am a thespian. I pretend to be whoever I want to be. And you're like, settle down, <laughs> S- settle down. You're like a third string bad guy in uh, Die Hard. You know, relax. Uh, you didn't name my favorite credit that she has. What's that? Being Trey McDougal's mother in Sex and the City. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. <laughs> I'm not unaware. <laughs> unaware. Not a savior of democracy. Who else? Um, Who else? Who else is in this? Henry Gibson is Stan Hope. When you saw him, were you like, that guy looks familiar? He uh, he has I mean, like a number a Lucky of credits. Charms and, commercial. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He's the head Nazi in Blues Brothers. Oh, to me. Yeah, he's the Illinois Nazi. <laughs> he looks dead up like a leprechaun to me. Yeah, he does. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, there's a one Thomas Hanks is Baxter. Um, Who? So Tom Hanks is this right. I feel like in this role, Tom Hanks is kind of is, is reaching back like he he's wearing a I feel like he's wearing a wig that makes him supposed to look like younger Tom Hanks. Like, I don't know. I feel yeah, like he's it's, sort it's of. A, <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Um, it's weird, um, right? Because. Placed yeah. in time. So Tom Hanks was born in 1956. So he was 36 years old when uh-huh. this episode was made or when he made this episode, which which means that, OK, so like this same year, he's Jimmy Dugan, who like looks like he's how old, like like 45, right? Like at least 40. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Dugan feels like he's older than Forrest Gump is, even though Forrest Gump is made years from now. Well, that's because Forrest Gump of, has the mind of a child. No, it's that it's no, okay. But then you like dig back into Tom Hanks's career, and you realize that like he he's been <laughs> Tom Hanks has kind of been like popular like since he, in his thirties, even though he has like a youthful looking guy. Like Big isn't that much before this. Um, that is weird to think about. It's just yeah, kind of sort of like he's sort of like a Benjamin Button. Yeah, I mean, hmm. not anymore, but. Yeah, I mean, well, that would be terrifying. I think it's all been downhill since he was in, um, since he was in the Da Vinci Code. He's just continued to <laughs> age. He offended God. <laughs> <laughs> he also had the worst wig. Ugh. Yeah, what a great wig. Oh. <laughs> basically, um, ba- I feel like when they were when they were outfitting him for the Da Vinci Code, they were like, he needs something that makes him look. A little bit Euro trash. And they're like, oh, no, I know a guy with a ponytail wig. Per, per, I know a guy with a mullet ponytail wig. Um, Tom Hanks is wonderful the way that Michael Kine is wonderful in that they are very good actors and like tr- and seem like kind of like treasure treasures of human beings. But mm-hmm. they are in some real dogs like oh, yeah, yeah. like, you know, they got to make a living. I think that Tom Hanks's dogs are sort of more front loaded, though, right? Like once he became 
once he became completely A-list and started like, you know, Oscar bait. That, then he's like in bad stuff, but in like big budget bad stuff. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like Michael Caine. That, that's who true. That's true. You get the I mean, sense like, that you like wave Forrest a ten pound note under his nose, mm. and he's like, "Sign me up. I'm Michael Caine. I'm just a work. I'm just a working man." That's right. Anyway, but best not dig into Michael Caine's politics. I have no idea. I was I'm like, oh, is he man. a Tory? Let's not. I I don't want to know. It's How? a it's a. It's a Schrodinger's cat thing. Ten to one, he's a turf. All right, continue. That's right. Yeah, I mean, he's a British person. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, is this Dutch person a racist? Oh God. He's the only cele- He's the only celebrity who will perform f- for Donald Trump. He's like, it makes money. And he- right. <laughs> the geezer's got a ten pound note. Hey, he wants a flat nosed geezer. I'll come out, show up. Right. <laughs> You're being Dave fully cockney. It's just that he has like a weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tell me about I Sugar want Michael Ray Kane Leonard. to play Dave Courtney in that adaptation of Dave Courtney's life. Correct. Right, yes. Yeah. Sh- I've so never Sugar wanted Ray- anything. I've never wanted anything more in my life. Yes. Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, the 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 famous boxer, one of the most famous and talented boxers of all times, is in this as a grave digger for <sighs> reasons, kind of baffling reasons. I, I don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's fine. It's just kind of weird. Well, they just don't Not, do anything with him. Right, yeah, right, exactly. You would think that maybe they would have him, I don't know, whatever. Uh, so, we, I, this, this, okay, so this episode has, like, I would say better than average people in it. Correct. But it is a worse, worse than, than average, average. Which episode. Yes. Uh, what 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 important themes and morals? What did you take away from this episode, Ray? It's wrong to take advantage of lonely people and then murder them for their money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Also, also, paper shredders are very dangerous. <laughs> I. It's so boring that it's basically like crime. Is bad. <laughs> it's like the moral. <laughs> I like that you said that like Paul Bearer. Crime is bad. But like, it's not even. It's not even worth talking about. Like, there's just you're just like, yeah, Howard's a scumbag. Yeah, that's a really bad thing to do. Yeah. So- yeah, yeah, he's doing something detestable in one of the most detestable ways you can do it, and not even like remarkably so. Like, yep. yep. My favorite thing about this episode is that in the in our like discussion questions, you use the word himbo, which I think is funny, and I think is having sort of a moment. Um, and and so I just wrote himbo is as himbo does, which doesn't mean anything and isn't really accurate to the episode. <laughs> But <laughs> himbo's got a him, which is yeah. funny because I would never say bimbo. You know why I've I thought about himbo's? I I listened to a podcast about um the like the Bill Clinton scan- scandals, uh-huh. and I forgot that like Bill Clinton, <laughs> Bill Clinton not only not only were Bill Clinton's like ladies referred to as bimbos by like everybody on his staff, but Bill Clinton himself had the nickname Bubba, and then he referred to all of his like his like flat-nosed geezers, all of his enormous men who like handled his affairs, also as Bubba's. That would be like if I called everyone who worked for me a Mary. Yeah, yeah, right. That is a wild Bubba choice. Bubba's. So this episode is boring. Um it 
it's not exactly like this is new territory for Tales from the Crypt, right? It's about a murderous, like, gold-digging man who has the tables turned on him and learns that maybe being a murderous gold-digging man is not the way to be. But it, I this this it really doesn't work in this episode. Um, and I have some theories. Do you have some theories? Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> what if you were like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I brought nothing with me. Um, I, uh, I just didn't like it. It just seems bad. Um, it's bad. This feels like an earlier draft of like Lover Come Hack to me. Mm-hmm. Or potentially the elevator p- pitch for Dead Right. Both of those episodes had this structure and then they had a twist on it that made it more interesting. And this is just like just the facts, man, with no twist really at all. I I don't count. So like I think there's I think you're supposed to be like, whoa, all of these zombie brides have come back to get them, get them. But. There's no explanation for why that might be. Do they have a fax machine that they're sending him those messages from? Like, there there is nothing that makes that reveal feel anything except like, oh. Oh, the episode's almost over. We need a we need a horror reveal. (laughs) Yeah, and and Sugar Ray Leonard knew the whole time. But I mean, mean, right? The faxes are coming from Sugar Ray Leonard, right? He's trying to lure him into the mausoleum because he works because the the brides made him do it somehow. Well, but we don't even know like what his relationship. Like he kind of he seems to know. Right. What he, I, can't, I can't remember exactly what his dialogue is, but he says something like they're always talking about you. And then he's like, no, no, don't. They, they made me. They, they, they he says something like they made me bring you here or something like that. Like, yeah, let's be real. Sugar Ray Leonard, a much inter- more interesting side of this story where there's like a gravedigger union member who apparently hangs out with the bodies that he's supposed to be burying because they're they're alive and he helps them get revenge. It sounds like a great episode. It's really yeah, weird. That sounds, that That's sounds, really weird. That sounds like an untapped, um, forgotten uh, Marvel character that needs a reboot. I mean, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. I. I think what's weird is I feel like this episode, I had no memory of this episode, and I'm not surprised because it's not completely unmemorable in every way. Mm-hmm. But yeah. people seem to really like this episode because they think the special effects at the ends are are good. And I would agree. Uh, yeah, th- they're okay. That yeah. the skeleton bride with the worms coming out of her mouth, that's pretty good. But like, and, and that, it looks that good. That that comes out of the socket. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine. But it's not, it's not, uh, I would even argue that Dead Right has better um, mm-hmm. like that, that that crazy tongue skeleton is much better and has like a much better version of this exact story. So mm-hmm. I don't really understand. I don't really understand why people like this so much. Yeah, no, I am right there with you. And actually, are you thinking about? Aren't you? Th- you're thinking about till death. Dead right is the is the um the fat suit um. Oh, you're right. Jeffrey you're right. Tambor yep. episode. You are correct. I am thinking about Till Death. Speaking of really cool guys, Ugh. but yes, no. Till Death has great special. Yes, I would. I have the list. I have the list up in front of me. It's not like I have encyclopedic yeah. recall of no, all. No, that's 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 correct. No, like I just I don't. No, I agree. I think that um, here's the, the problem is that it, I think with 
if your deal is I'm a I'm a man who seduces women and then murders them, that that's very dark and villainous. So like usually you have to kind of leaven that with something. You have to either make it kind of wacky and zany, like oh no, I mean. Yeah, oh no, now he's got a smooch on all these gross old ladies, or he has to have, like, weird manic energy, or, like, in Lover Come Hack to Me, you have to have, you have to have something where the ta- the tables are turned almost immediately, because, like, watching I a man, even, watching even... a man abuse women for an episode yeah. is, is not... Yeah, and then like suddenly have those like dead abused women be like, "We're gonna get you." You're like, but even yeah. then, but even then, the, the the dead abused women like kind of love him, right? It's like we couldn't live without you. We still Very can't strange. be dead Very without. And you know what I mean? It's they're not like they're not like screw you, Howard. We're here to get you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been way better. <laughs> Just like, it, it seems like, like they were. They were almost doing that kind of like love to death kind of you know, you know kind yeah. of like no now we want to be with you but we're all uggo and gross oh no H- how how inconvenient for you oh Howard I guess you really learned your lesson um, yeah. yeah you're you're absolutely correct I I expected there to be a twist where didn't here's what I thought was going to happen while I was watching okay yeah yeah I thought that he was going to start having genuine emotion for Francis and that Francis was a sex succubus and she was like sucking the youth out of him. Yes. Yeah. I th- um, yes. Or I thought that maybe it was going to turn out. I, I sort of when she he started getting the notes, I assumed it was Stan Hope and that it was going to turn out that like Stan Hope and the woman um, and what's her name? Effie or whatever. Um, yeah. We're going to have a we're going to be like cultists or they were going to sacrifice like they were going to do something bad to him. Yeah. That they had trapped him, not him trapped. Right. Her. Yeah. Right. Like like yeah. Like like steal his youth or like give him to Satan or something like that. I thought that I thought that San Hope was like was like trying to save him, but seemed like he was suspicious. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, that would have been way better. I mean, like Howard is is not fun. No, nope. he, he is quite handsome. Treat Williams, good for him. Good looking man. Um, I kind of thought uh, the only thing that I thought was like sort of inventive is that they do the whole "Hey, we think you're a gold digger," and then he has his whole remedy the condition, which I guess is impotence. For a while, I was like, "Wait, is this the '50s? Is this going to be another? Li- is this going to be the first very homophobic episode of uh, <laughs> oh, man. of Tales from oh, the Crypt?" Oh man, I didn't even consider that, but that is hilarious. But but no, but I I, I actually kind of thought that was. I don't know if I liked it, but like that was sort of an interesting take on this, um, you know. But well, but pro- I also wasn't sure. It seemed muddled to me. Was that just so that he could like have an an explanation and also not have to have sex with the old ladies? I felt like yes, him having sex with Effie was like a little bit unusual for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But even then, the storytelling is so I, I, I'm almost like, I'm just like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. But, like, it would have, it seems like it should have mattered if she was like, no, that's right. what I no. need from you. No, 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 exactly, exactly. Or or that, yes, the whole thing where he, I mean, or even if it's just as simple as, um, I also kind of thought maybe it was going to be that he discovers he's in love with her. Or somehow, even though she's got this nice house and everything, she's actually broke and she steals all of his money. Yep. And it ends with him being like, no. Yep. But I yeah, like. That could have worked too. I thought, I mean, that would be weird. You'd be like, why is this Tales from the Crypt? But I assumed it was going to be something like that. Like, he, you know, you're not conning me. I'm conning you. Yeah. Um, no, you thought that you thought that the final old lady was going to be able to, like, have one over on him. Yeah. Right. 
Right. And, and, and some of this is that, like, he's very, um, I don't know if he's, like, realistically evil, but this idea of him as, like, we see him, uh, and this, I know, bleeds into our other topic, but we see him being so brutal and violent. And then also then we see him, like, being, like, slimy and kind of, like, charming or whatever, um, which is... Again, I, I, I'm not saying it's like I, I don't know that many people who who are serial uh, uh, wed in bed murderers, but like feels kind of a little bit too real. I don't know. It, we don't have, get like any comfortable distance from it. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, I, it's... like no, like 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 make him be like like he needs to be like a dirty rotten scoundrels kind of con man. Yeah, not like someone who will like brutal brutally murder a man with a TV set. Yeah, he's he's very uneven and you don't really know how you're supposed to feel about him even up until the end. I mean, he's definitely a bad a very bad guy. Mm-hmm. But it he's almost kind of the only person one could root for in this, but you don't want to. Right. It- uh, it's it's weird. And and then yeah, and then to have all of these like auxiliary men that are just kind of there to be his cannon fodder like yeah yeah when he killed his partner that kind of made sense to me i was like okay mm-hmm. yep sure but then killing tom hanks's character and then stan hope and like just all of the, like just why why were they there i i i have a theory do you have a theory i have a theory too but you should go first Oh, here's my theory. I think, I mean, the show wants to show us that Howard is like capital E, evil and bad. And I think basically these men exist so we can see him doing that and we can see that he is duplicitous. But they don't want to show us like killing women on screen. Especially old women. I mean, but they do. They show them poisoning them. But yeah, yeah. he poisons that one. But no, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, but like, they want to show him as violent. Right. They want to show him. This is also kind of too bad because I feel like. when we meet Morty, his partner, and then uh, hey, so, yeah, yep. th- you get this idea they're doing what they're doing a Ponzi scheme and there's a grand jury and you're like, oh, there's like this whole other criminal enterprise he's connected to. And like, is this part of the story? Is this part of the story? What's going on here? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then it never comes back. I thought I thought that that seemed like a bunch of unnecessary detail that made me feel made my ears prick up because you're like, oh, this is interesting. This usually isn't part of this kind of story, but it doesn't go anywhere. That was kind of too bad. It sure doesn't. Um, I I had sort of a different theory yeah. on this. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, well, it, it's not really so much a theory because I don't really think this is what they're going for. But I think that it, it was telegraphed to me, especially when you see Sugar Ray Leonard and you like are in the graveyard scene and, mm-hmm. um, and Morty and Howard are so cavalierly talking about their villainy. And mm-hmm. then you have, like, Sugar Ray Leonard kind of, like, standing in the background. He, like, clearly hears them. And you, like, see him over the for- uh, this over, like, him, he, like, looks over his shoulder. And you almost have, like, dun, dun, dun music. Yeah, as if yeah. to be, like, this guy is significant. Like, mm-hmm. okay. And then you kind of have a similar feeling from Stan Hope and, like, Baxter. And then, like, they're just kind of wasted to, like, faxes from the afterlife, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're just... Yeah. Like, actually, those notes, which I I think you're right, they are from Sugar Ray Leonard, but, like, they're really from the wives, right? Right. Yes, yes. So, and they're, like, the least... (laughs) They're, like, the least threatening things, really, in the world, because we know that Howard... Yeah. Yeah. We know that Howard will, like, kill people with, like, a... Shame on you, Howard. Shame. (laughs) Right. They're just, like, rude. 
no. Rude, how, how could you do this? <laughs> you, you, Mr. Man, are in big trouble. Oh. Did you Mm-mm. use the wrong fork, sir? No, no, not this time. That is not the way. <laughs> um, but uh, it just seems so weird to me. I, I felt like... I felt like there would be sort of there was a missed opportunity to making this a story about like the horrors that high society allow simply because of class. And like mm-hmm. if Howard thought he was pulling off this giant con that he was fooling everybody. Sure, sure, but all the domestics know. But yeah, all yeah. the domestics know and also all of her all the friends of these women know too. And they just don't care. Like they're just yeah, like, yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean if Howard makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is transactional. Yeah, and, yeah. and and I mean, have... to be fair, which is how, like, society treats mm-hmm. this sort of thing generally. I mean, yeah. not the murder part, but the, you know. But, like, you had these moments, even, like, so, like, Stanhope definitely is, like, something in the buttermilk is not clean. Like, the second mm-hmm. he lays eyes on Howard. So that would have made sense for him. And then definitely for Sugar Ray, like... That, that he is introduced that way. <laughs> although, although, okay, yes. Though, also, be really funny if you're like, yeah, I'm a grave digger. Um, I think it's really messed up that you keep marrying these old ladies who you clearly don't love because lo- marriage is a sacrament, you guys. It's very important. Are you sure? How do you spit in Jesus's face like that? Are you sure he wouldn't be like? You marry these old ladies, but then every morning there's a halo hanging from the morning. Are, is Sugar Ray named after Sugar Ray Leonard? Oh, I don't know. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I hope not. These are questions. But oh. then even, like, Hanks's Baxter character, like, there's sort of, like, this weird, there's all the scenes between him and Howard are super weird, and that Hanks is sort of like, ah, you're back again to find your next victim. And Howard's like, what? <laughs> and, it, and Baxter's like, oh, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at all. It's like dusting. And then, yeah. like, Howard's like, you all, is like, you sent me the faxes. You always knew Baxter. And Hank's like, what? Hank's um, <laughs> like, what? I'm, I'm wearing a wig that makes me look like I'm in ba- from the from bachelor party era, Tom I just have a job that's like. Definitely not a thing now, and probably wasn't a thing then. Like, <laughs> I'm just the guy who runs the video dating agency. <laughs> I run the tapes. Like, what? Um, <laughs> like that would have that also would have made sense. So I was like, is Howard supposed to be like? Is Howard gonna like ruin himself by being like paranoid and delusional about like what people think he's up to or what he's doing or or like you know? Because his whole deal is manipulation, so is he going to, like, undo himself by being like, you always knew? I don't know. Like, there, there just feels like there yeah, should no. be something in here about um, about perce- how you are perceived and how you think you're perceived and what people think think you're doing and, and, and what they think about that from a moral perspective. I don't know, but I don't think it's I don't think it's baked in or anything like that. I think it's just like a missed opportunity, and it's weird that we have all like this these sort of three auxiliary characters that could have delivered on that but don't. Yeah, uh, I agree one hundred percent. Yes, it there is no sense of contrapasso here. It's sort of like it's kind of like don't uh, murder wives and then don't go on a paranoid murder rampage where you kill a bunch of extra male characters. Um, or else, um, you, the ghosts and bodies, the zombie, your dead zombie wives will, uh, come and get you. <laughs> will definitely come and get, or as, or as more succinctly put, don't crime. 
<laughs> this is like the, this actually has like the bare minimum elements for a Tales from the Crypt story, and <laughs> that it's kind of like there's a bad guy, he does bad guy stuff, ghosts get him. <laughs> yeah, totally, it does kind of sound like a story that someone's like, I got a ghost story. Like your camping's like, I got a ghost story. They're and clearly making it up on the fly. <laughs> yeah, um, or like they kind of don't remember it, so they're leaving out key pieces that would make it a satisfying story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do yeah, you think? Rita Wilson Wilson makes fun of Tom Hanks for how craptastic his Tales from the Crypt episode is compared to how excellent her Tales from the Crypt episode is. (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of too bad. Um, I'm going to be real. Why isn't Tom Hanks Howard? A great question. Great question. He could be pulling his, like, early career Tom Hanks Chevy face faces the whole time and be like Whoa. He's, America, he's America's little darling he's America's we, little kid brother we, we could even they could even make us like before he became America's dad and was like the Civil War and the Apollo program um but like he uh we we even have we they even we even build out all this infrastructure where he has like the like like the you know the the round dumpy uh um, uh, co-conspirator, so he could have somebody who's like holding over to him. I mean, instead of being like Howard, no, don't do one more score. You could even have it where like Tom Hanks is sort of likable, and he's like Howard, you have to do it one more time. And he's like, but I don't want to do it. I just wanna, I just wanna be big. <laughs> yeah, you know, or whatever. Um, I don't know. It it just would be more fun and zany. I realize that, like, watching Tom Hanks, like, be very evil would also be sort of unusual. Yeah. I I wonder if they just, like, couldn't. They were like, nope. But, you know, if you're going to have, I mean, like, really, if you're going to, like, bring Tom Hanks in and have him, like, direct as, like, this stunt casting thing, like, at least let him be good. Yeah. At least let him direct something good. Yeah. Yes. Or focus on the Gravedigger. Jeez. Yeah, or make the gravedigger have something to do with the zombie rise. Be like, I figured it out. I'm a detective. And like, I raise the dead. Yeah, no. It, I'm it a even, necromancing detective. I it, Saturday it nights even, on <laughs> CBS. <laughs> no, but like the, um, or just like have the story pivot a little bit. Like you get all the intro with Howard and everything. And then that part where they show um, uh, the gravediggers back and he has the like gravediggers local and then like the union numbers or whatever. Be like where like suddenly he becomes the narrator and the voice. And it's kind of like we see this all the time. Here's the thing. The dead can speak and they talk to me. <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, Like if he was like Long Island medium. Yes. Yeah. Solving <laughs> crimes. <laughs> digging graves. It would be great. Yeah. It'd be great. Uh, yeah. I would enjoy it so much more, but it's just, there's just, like, nothing on, there's, like, nothing on this episode. Yes. I I, uh, am ready to rate it. (laughs) Yeah. No, hold on, one final thing. Um, You could tell this was a bad episode because the Crypt Keeper goes blue with his final pun, and it's a pun we hear, we just heard, because we just watched um, uh, Bordello of Blood. Did you catch it, the whole, I love it when a man gives you head and you get to keep it? Oh, yeah. Which, like, is blue. Um, also, and we all know that 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 when you have to go vulgar, I mean, you're just you just sound fool. As everyone's mother told them when they were nine years old, if you say swear words, it makes you sound dumb. Uh, but also, uh, it doesn't make sense now. It doesn't make sense when Lilith says it. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, no. When someone gives you head and you get to keep it, that doesn't. Nope. It's not like a sensible American Mm-mm. English sentence. Nope. 
No, I also kind of feel like there is always this thing where they want, like, men to be able to give women head. And you're like, yeah, I mean, kind of. It just doesn't work on a lot of levels. You're like. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what, are you, what, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't typically think of Cotolingus's head. <laughs> Somebody gives me a head. Do you call it, do you call it like people who talk? This is, this is where we get into like those darn kids. Kids talking about getting brain or top. Does that work for you? Getting top, getting brain. I need yeah. some top. I, I need mean, top. I mean, if you're not talking kids, about... Let's just agree. Let's just agree that kids are gross. Teenagers are gross. Screw kids. Yeah. Screw their gamer fuel. Screw Fortnite. I think the TikTok should be banned. I do. You, you do? know what? You know what? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Whoa, what? No. I think TikTok is dumb. And you know who else loves TikTok? My neighbor who thinks it's clever. She's 40. I mean, you know, it's fine. It's not really for kids. It's just not for me. You have a neighbor that's 40 that loves TikTok? Yeah. You should watch she, her. She, to be fair, she's... No, no, no. She's good. No. She likes it because she likes all the political stuff that's on it. And like, uh, I don't know, there was something where uh, it's like guys at a... People at a party and they're all different states and they all have blue shirts and they're celebrating. And then like... Uh, I think Georgia walks in and she's and it's like a girl and she's like having very close body language. She has a big coat on and she opens the coat and she's wearing a blue shirt and she gets to party too. you know, like the election. Like, uh it's cute. But also, I mean, like Mm -hmm. settle down, you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not as if it's not as if it's not exactly like fine. Yeah. Yeah. Infinitely superior. I do. I do always. I, I really enjoy. And I don't disagree, but I do think that there is, like, a very special kind of patronizing when a generation before the generation they're talking about is, like, these kids are just so smart. Oh, yeah. And you're, like... The Zoomers will save us, you guys, with their K-pop and their dumb hair. Yeah. And their hydro flasks. Their hydro flasks. What? Yeah, the Visco Visco girls will save us. Don't they just know that those are SIGs? Well, uh, six don't have the vacuum thing though. A hydroflask, you put ice in that, and ten years later, like when they dig up, when 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 archaeologists, there's the ice is still in the bottle. Yeah. When, what? When, <laughs> what? It's science. What? What? <laughs> How is... offended I said what? All right, let's write this episode. Okay. <sighs> you go first. Well, I mean, this there's like this episode isn't like we we. <laughs> I, five out is, of five. <laughs> Six out of five. Five, <laughs> five out of five totally worth it cameos. No, no, look, here's the deal, right? Like, we've watched episodes that we have found morally objectionable. Those episodes are longer because there's more to talk about. There's, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't feel like this, this episode is, like, teaching us bad lessons or anything. But, like, this is more boring and less engaging than that goofy Glengarry Glen Ross ep- uh, episode <laughs> with the, with the you know, the murderer guy, the, the cowboy mm, western. Mm, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean, though? Like, that one was very boring, but at least it was, like, kind of fun to watch, sort of. Not really. This is, like, more boring than that. So, like, of every episode we've watched, maybe this is my least favorite. <laughs> it's terrible. It's but it's bad. not, it's not, I mean, I'm not, not I'm, not, I'm not like, if you, if you watch it, you're not like, oh, I'm becoming a misogynist by watching this. 
So I mean, I, I, I get, think like, what, I think what you mean is like it's not Corbin's calamity. Yeah, it's not Corbin's calamity or um, uh, what's that? Is it love to death? Yeah, the the one with the guy who with the creepy voyeurism and yep. the the, yep. the yep. woman. Yep. Yep. So I mean, like. Is it zero? Is it one? I guess I'll give it one killer paper shredder. Oh, nice. I gave it one out of five wormy skulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sucks. It's pretty bad. All right, so, so that was that was underwhelming, but that's okay. Because you can join us next time for a cautionary tale of what happens when a confirmed rapist rushes a potentially life-saving but decidedly <laughs> untested drug to market for his own profit. No, I'm not talking about the final moments of the Trump administration. I'm talking about this will kill ya, which is a pun I cannot believe we have not made yet. And by we, I mean they. Yeah. Not really a pun so much as like a saying. A yeah, right. spooky, like, a, spooky a spooky saying. Some sp- a collection of spooky words. Yeah, <laughs> correct. You know, Mary, speaking of spooky words, thank you for listening to Crypt Creepers. <laughs> Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, review us. Be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt-creepers to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts within the Outrageous Mechanisms expanded cinematic universe. Till next time, kitties. Effie sure had some powers. Howard's limp penis wasn't the only thing to undergo a resurrection in this episode. Oh, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Just...